Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. This is Jake Martin again with Christians on Campus, and today I'm here with Danny Kane. It's good to be back, Jake. And even it was good over this last weekend. We had our spring college conference. It was really wonderful. Just all the ones that could make it out in the Midwest, and we had a really good time. Yeah, I mean, for everyone listening who didn't get a chance to hear about it, we just like Danny was saying, college campuses from all over the Midwest and even including Kentucky, which isn't technically part of the Midwest, but they got to be there. We went to Joliet, Illinois. We had a few messages from the Bible. We had some really good singing and small group fellowship. So it was a wonderful time. If you get a chance to ask anybody that was there, I'm sure they could really give you some uh, some juicy points that they got from the, the weekend. So I'm really thankful we all got to be there. Maybe we could just go ahead and jump right into the, the fellowship today. Yesterday, we had a Bible study at Wright State University on the campus. We have been doing more a workshop style with the verses, just going through the Bible and seeing how we can prove for ourselves that Jesus is the Christ. Some verses are going to explicitly prove that Jesus is the Christ. Others are a little bit more implicit. You kind of have to put them together to see, but we're going to handle a little bit of both here as we're, we're, we're starting with the New Testament and then seeing uh, in the Old Testament this person, the Christ, and how we can prove him. Yeah, because when, when you come to the New Testament, we see very clearly in the text that all of God's people the Jews were expecting, were expecting someone to come. They were expecting, or even this word, the the Messiah, or they use the word the Christ. So the Christ is the the word literally means like in Greek is the the anointed one. And same in, in the Old Testament or in Hebrew, it's, they use the word Messiah. So they had someone that they were looking forward to coming. It seems like collectively all God's people was like, is this the one? Is this the Christ? And so we just want to look at the verses to see when Jesus came on the scene, kind of the reaction of different ones and how they were like, they were personally convicted, okay, we're clear. He's the one. He's the Christ. There was uh, the first instance that I thought of, we see in Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So the Lord, mm-hmm. he had taken his disciples away. I think they were on a high mountain, I said a high mountain privately. And he said, who do men say that I am? Mm-hmm. And some would say, Well, the disciples are answering, and they're like, well, you know, people, they think you're Elijah, or some say the prophet. There may have been one other item there that people were saying the Lord was, but then the Lord turned to the disciples and said, well, how about you? Who do you say that I am? And then Peter had this wonderful realization. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the one who we have been expecting all this time, like all throughout the generations when the Bible would speak of the coming one, the Christ, the commissioned one from God to accomplish God's purpose, you're the, you're this one, you're finally here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like they, they realized 
he's the one. He's the one that's here. And you saw this there, but you see it like many times throughout the different gospels. You see it in John 141. It says, he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated, which translated means Christ. They, they were excited. Even, even when Jesus appeared on the scene and was calling them, when ones found him, they would go tell others. They would go tell their brothers. They would go tell others that they knew we found him, the Messiah. And actually, it also goes on in, in 145. It says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. So even though he wasn't fully even clear on all the doctrine, oh, this is the son of Joseph from that, which wasn't exactly true. He was the son of God. But from what he was aware of, okay, son of Joseph. But he realized, wait, this is the one. We found him. This is the one who Moses and the law wrote about and all the prophets. They wrote about this one and his name's Jesus. They're expecting and now he's here. He's on the scene. It's pretty amazing that they could see this person who came in a very lowly way. I mean, Jesus didn't come in a magnificent way. He's just this guy from uh, Nazareth, a despised city. And But they're looking mm. at him and they realize, ah, oh, this is... This is the one we've been expecting. You know, when he says Moses in the law, the law doesn't just mean the Ten Commandments. This means everything that Moses wrote. There's the law with all the commandments, the ordinances, everything that supplemented the law from Genesis to Deuteronomy is Moses. So from Genesis to, to Deuteronomy, it's speaking concerning the Christ. And Nathaniel is saying, this one, Jesus of Nazareth, is the, the Christ. Then you have the prophets. Look how much of the Bible is included in that, the prophets. You have the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah. You have the minor prophets, Hosea, Joel, Amos, yeah. Obadiah, all these ones. They're all speaking concerning the coming one, the Christ. And then Nathaniel is like, this one. Like you said, he doesn't have all the details concerning who Jesus is completely accurate, but he at least could see this one is the Christ. There's another case in another gospel, and this was technically not just one of the the called disciples, but this was even when Jesus was born. And it's in Luke 2, 25 through 26. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And then verse 26, And it had been divinely communicated to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. This one, he was there in Jerusalem, and actually this is when Jesus' parents brought him to him at when he was a young babe, like at his birth. And when he saw this one, when he saw Jesus Christ, he realized, okay, this is it. This is the one. This is the salvation that you have for your people. And he was he he was divinely, even like 
he says the Holy Spirit was upon him. This one, he knew probably the scriptures that one was coming, but even the Holy Spirit within him just made it very clear when he saw the baby Jesus. He's not even like grown up. He's not like teaching. He's not doing all this stuff. Just these parents bring a baby. Like he's probably seen many babies brought to him, you know, as a priest. And then wait, they bring another baby. But then he realizes, okay, this is the one. Even as a baby, he realizes, okay, this is the coming one. He's here. As a baby, yeah, he's not fully grown now. I can, I can die now. I've seen the salvation. I've seen Jehovah's salvation for his people. It's right here in front of me as a baby. It's amazing when you look at his response of prayer and just worship to God. Like you said, he's holding this baby and he's looking at it. It says in verse 28 of Luke 2, he received him into his arms and blessed God and said, now you release your slave master according to your word in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. But he's, he's literally holding an infant right now and speaking all these wonderful things. It's, yeah. it's just too good that, you know, for Peter's case, when he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, the Lord responded and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but your Father who is in the heavens. So mm-hmm. Peter didn't see that for himself. He mm-hmm. didn't see that Jesus was the Christ on his own. God the Father made it known to him. And then here's this one, Simeon, who's been waiting for the Christ to come for so long, and the Holy Spirit told him, You're not going to die yeah. before you see the Lord's Christ. And now he's holding this baby. And then, like you said, Danny, the, the spirit witnessing within him, this one, this is the consolation of Israel. This is God's salvation. This is the light uh, for revelation to the Gentiles. It, it's so amazing to see that, that this baby, this human being, is the one who had been promised for so long. And then, so you see, again, it's as soon as Jesus comes on the scene, whether he's full-grown, whether he's baby, it's like God's people are realizing, whoa, this, this is the one. This is the one we've been waiting for. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. And God's people, the Jews, but even there is a case in the gospel of the Samaritans, which had a lot of the teachings of the Jews, but also had brought in other stuff. And there was a little bit of mix. And even the Jews didn't really care for the Samaritans. But Jesus went out of his way to go to a Samaritan woman by a well because she needed to hear the good news and she needed to meet the Messiah because he came for all man. But he comes and even they realized, and this is in John 4, 25 and 26, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he would declare all things to us. So she's talking to Jesus. And at first, she doesn't realize, like, who, who, am, who am I talking to? Okay, I know this man's a prophet. I know he's realizing things that I've done, sins that I've committed that no one can know, that this man knows that I just met. But then she, she brings it to this point of, hey, okay, there's, 
there's all these things I've heard, but it's not all made clear to us until this one comes, till this Messiah, the Christ, comes. But then listen to Jesus' response in verse 26. The following verse, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So he just tells her, plain, I'm the Christ. I'm the Messiah. You've been waiting. You've been waiting for one to come to make declare all things to you, to make these truths that you're not so clear about very clear and evident to you. I'm him. And I'm telling you right now. So you see, not only did people realize it from the Holy Spirit being upon them and them and the Father revealing it to him from heaven or from their familiarity with the scriptures. And then this man comes on the scene who fits the one that they're expecting, the one that they're, they're coming. But also he says it himself. Right. He says, I am he, I'm the Christ. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm here wow. right now. You just made me think of a, another account where the Lord did this. If, if you go to Luke 4, let's see, if you start at verse 16, the Lord came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and he was in, he was in a synagogue on a Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. He was reading the scripture because that's what they would do in the synagogues. They gave him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he unrolled the scroll. He found the place where it was written. So this is Old Testament, right? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to announce the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send away in in release those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. So everyone who had read Mm. these scriptures, they knew this is speaking concerning the Christ. Mm. When the Christ comes, he'll be the one with the spirit of the Lord upon him. He'll have been anointed to announce the gospel to the poor and all the things that are mentioned in verse 18. But then listen to this, these these following verses. Verse 20, when he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, he sat down. And all the eyes, uh, the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Hmm. And all bore witness to him and marveled at the words of grace proceeding out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Here you see kind of the difficulty that they're experiencing because this is Nazareth. This is where the Lord grew up. They watched him be a baby, then a toddler, a young man. And now he's he's in the synagogue and he's saying, this scripture is fulfilled and you're hearing. <laughs> he's saying that I'm the one that the scripture has has prophesied concerning. And, and they knew things about the Christ, but something wasn't clicking for them. They didn't have their eyes fully open to realize that this one that they had watched grow up his whole life, he actually is the coming one mm. that uh, was referred to in Isaiah. And not, not only this group didn't realize it, it's like even though he reads the scripture himself and says, okay, it's been fulfilled. I'm here. This scripture, they couldn't see it. And not only they couldn't see it, but there was the Pharisees who couldn't, and the scribes that couldn't see it. They, many of them, there there was there was a select few that just we, as we saw with Simon Peter, God gave had mercy. They had revelation, and he saw. Wait, you're the Christ. There was a select few 
of the Pharisees and that did, but majority of them, they were just utterly blind. Here is Jesus. He comes on the scene and he is completely fulfilling the scriptures, but they just, they can't see it. And, and instead of seeing this is the Christ, they're provoked to jealousy because this man is doing all these things that the Christ should do. And it's like, he's speaking, he's teaching with authority, which they don't speak or teach with. He is doing miracles. He is doing signs and wonders that they can't do, that they can't explain. And they can't, and they just have to try to dismiss what he's doing. He's loving and caring for God's people, which which they have no heart to do. All they care is to try to follow the law. And all the things he do, is doing fully matches, okay, the one that is coming, the one that they're expecting, but they, they're blind. They, they can't see that he is the Christ. And there's, there's actually, this reminds me of another verse, as you read that verse, this one actually is from the Old Testament. It's from Deuteronomy 18.15. And this is Moses speaking, and he says, a prophet will Jehovah your God raise up for you from your midst, from among your brothers, like me. Listen to this. You shall listen to him. So this is one of the verses that God's people, the Jews, were familiar with. And they were looking forward to a prophet coming that was like Moses. And Moses, I mean, this one wasn't just any of God's, you know, he was there leading God's people out of Egypt. He was there on the mountaintop speaking face to face with God, you know, God's speaking to him. And then he's taking God's word and bringing that to his people. So this just wasn't any prophet. They realized, but Moses himself says, hey, you need to look, you need to look forward because Jehovah, God, he's going to raise up another one, and it'll be from you. It'll be from our people like me, and you need to listen to him. When he comes on the scene, this coming one, when the Messiah comes, you need to listen to him. What he says, you need to listen to. So yeah, then the people are looking for this prophet. They knew this verse that Moses spoke in Deuteronomy, and then John the Baptist comes, you look in John chapter 1, verse 21, and they're asking John the Baptist, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. They were trying to understand, who, who's the prophet then? <laughs> we know that there is such a person as the prophet, but we don't know. I mean, the first question they'd asked John, are you the Christ? And he said, I am not. He answered honestly. He testified, I am not the Christ. They said, well, then are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? He said no. But who did who did John speak concerning? His whole ministry mm-hmm. was just to prepare the way for the Lord to make straight his yeah. paths. He's the voice of one crying in the wilderness. There's another quote from the Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? To, uh, promising that there would be one, the forerunner, to come and, and prepare the way for the Lord. That's what John the Baptist was. And who did he speak of? He spoke of Jesus. He said, this one is the Lamb of God. This is the one who takes away the sin of the world. This is the salvation of God ready to fulfill God's eternal purpose. That's good, Jake. Even that, as you said, like because they were expecting one to come, 
and speak in this way, like a prophet, one to coming. When John the Baptist came on the scene, the things he was doing, the things he was saying was so different than what they had experienced at that time. There was there was some questioning that came up in them. Are Is this the one? Is this the one? But then he even realized it, and he says it about himself. I'm not. I'm not the one. And it's like you said, but he himself was prophesied not to be the one, the Messiah that they're expecting, but the one to make way for his coming. And you mentioned the verse, but it was in Isaiah 43, the voice of one who cries in the wilderness, make clear the way of Jehovah, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And so he even says here, the one he's making the way for is God. It's like he's making the way because when Jesus, the Messiah, the one they're expecting coming, this is God in the flesh. This is God incarnated in the man, Jesus Christ. And so this is the one he's making the way for. He's making clear. And it's not even only that verse. There's another verse in the Old Testament and Malachi 3.1, which again points to the one who would make the way for Jesus, the coming one, the who was John the Baptist. And it's Malachi 3.1, it says, I am about to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. God sent, there was the messenger sent, the one who would clear the way before the coming one, which was God himself in the flesh, would make his appearance before he would come on the scene. John the Baptist just made the way. He cleared the way. And then when Jesus came, he's like, okay, this is him. This is this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one that I'm not even worthy to touch the, his sandal. You know, it's like I'm not I'm not worthy. It's this is this is the one we've been waiting for. And even some of the disciples that were following John at the time, because, okay, hey, well, maybe you say you're not the one, but you're the one preparing the way for the one, so we're going to stick with you until this one shows up on the scene, and then Jesus showed up on the scene. So some of those disciples that were following John the Baptist were like, okay, we're going to follow Jesus because he's here. He's on the scene. Who? Where else are we going to go? Which makes you wonder why even after the Lord had come, there still are some disciples of John. And it's just mind-boggling. It's like, you're, I don't know if they would have called him rabbi or teacher or whatever, John, he said himself, I must decrease. He must increase. Mm -hmm. Hear him. I'm not even worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He's greater than me. He baptizes in the Holy Spirit and fire. I'm just I'm just proclaiming him, yet there still were some disciples, and they even kind of became a problem to the Lord because they're asking, well, how come we, we're, we're John's disciples, we fast much, and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples, they don't fast. But the Lord then was able to reveal more concerning himself. He said, I'm the bridegroom, and my disciples are the sons of the bride chamber. Why would they fast while they have the bridegroom with him? But one day... I'll be taken away from them, then they'll fast. But you see the difference here. Some who who wouldn't fully just give themselves over to the Lord, they remained in 
what you could call a new religion, sticking with John the Baptist, they, they needed more revelation concerning who Christ was. But thank the Lord that happened, because now we see Christ is our bridegroom. And, yeah. and we're so happy that we have him with us today, making us happy. It says the, the sons of the bride chamber can't mourn. While, yeah. the, while the, the bridegroom is with them, today we have the bridegroom with us. We're not mourning, we're rejoicing. We have the real coming one as our bridegroom to, to enjoy today. And that's a good point, Jake, even that, because that is very applicable to us today, because we're here, we're in the New Testament, you know, we're thousands of years even after the coming one came, Jesus Christ came. But even though we're, we're in this position we can see Jesus is the one. It's not just he was the one at that time. You know, he wasn't just, okay, he was the coming one to come. He's still the one today. As believers, he means everything to us. He's, he's, our, he's our everything. Without him, we're not Christians. We're not believe what we believe. We believe in this one. We believe that he is the Christ. We believe he's the Messiah. We believe that his words are the words of God, the words of eternal life. We, that's what we are. But we have, in a sense, the same decision just at that time that Jesus came on the scene and some left everything. And I was like, this, I'm following this man. I give everything to him. This is the one that I've been waiting for my entire life, and now he's here, what else am I going to do? Am I going to continue my fishing career? Am I going to continue being a Pharisee, a scribe? I'm just going to, it's all that is trash. All that is done. I'm going to drop it all. I'm going to follow this one. I'm going to hear his speaking. I'm going to fully give myself to him. But today, we have that same choice, that our Lord Jesus is just as living today. He's living now. He's, li- he's a living one. And he, he's been real to us as believers. But our response is, okay, Lord, I, I want to give myself. I want to give my life. I want to give all that I have to love you, to follow you, to hear your speaking, to walk with you, to stay in fellowship with you, to love and care what you love a love and care what you care about your will your kingdom believers people i want to we can have the same kind of response and not be it's like we see the negative examples in the bible jesus comes on the scene people know about him doctrinally some were expecting him but he's here and they don't have a heart for him that we need to be those that have the heart and we can make this choice Lord, I just, I want to give everything to you. You are the Christ. You are the one. You're the, you're the most important one who's ever appeared in human. And I give my life and I give everything to you. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that uh, way of coming to the Lord because I, I think that's how this all becomes very appreciable to us. Like we, we know that Jesus is the Christ and we can prove it in the word, but that may not touch our hearts that much. But if we have Mm -hmm. that kind of seeing of the Lord, like how Matthew, he was called Levi. He was a tax collector, 
and the tax collectors were evil people taking more money than what they should have from the people. No one liked them. But the Lord comes and he says, come, follow me. That's all you had to say. And Matthew leaves all. And then like you were saying about Peter, Andrew, John, James, they all just dropped everything. They, they followed the Lord because they saw him. Once you see him, what, what can you do? You just have to mm-hmm. give up everything and follow the Lord. And we just would like to end this episode with this kind of encouragement to all of you listening. Ask the Lord to give you this, this kind of appearing. Mm-hmm. In ourselves, we can't give up everything. We can't just turn around and drop everything and, and, and follow the Lord. But if we see him, this becomes so easy. We just can't help but give ourselves and everything that we are to the Lord. So that being said, we'd just like to conclude here. If you guys like what you heard and would like to hear more, please like, share, subscribe to, and review this podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you for the next episode. Hey, everybody. This is Abby. Did you know that when you download our app, The Vine, you can receive daily verses for encouragement, updates about our week-to-week activities, and uplifting quotes related to the Bible and the Christian life? Search the Vine-Campus app on the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. (laughs) 